1: Bring in show music, please.
0: Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. Ooh, hot! Inflation, we can't quit talking about it. The Federal Reserve doing all it can to slow things down. It's
2: two terrible choices. Do you kill the economy with higher interest rates or do you let people's spending power get completely eaten away
0: by inflation? The latest data on consumer prices surging is out, putting markets under pressure. How we got there from the pandemic to sticker shock with former Speaker of the House Paul Ryan.
3: We levitated the economy with our monetary policy. The Federal Reserve did a good job. They needed to do what they did, but they then went too far.
0: And where we go from here.
3: If we wanna have fiscal policy help with the inflation problem and help prevent a recession, telling all the businesses in America, your taxes are going up, don't take risks, don't take investments, is a bad idea.
0: Plus, inflation-backed investing are government I-bonds with their sky-high interest rate a good bet. Growing up,
2: we all had savings account. You got 5%, 6 7%. That was an exciting thing. And you learned to not spend. We have not had that in my children's entire lives.
0: It's Thursday, October 13th, and Squawk Pod begins right now. First up on today's podcast, the latest read on inflation. And you guessed it, it's not good. The Consumer Price Index, or CPI, tracks what we pay for goods and services. It includes food, fuel, shelter, and medical care, among other things. And for September, that big number was up 8.2% from one year ago, all while average worker wages fell from August and from this time last year. The U.S. Central Bank, the Federal Reserve, has been hiking interest rates to curb inflation. And now, it's a pretty sure thing that they'll keep doing it. Investors taking all of this in today were not happy at the open. The Dow fell 500 points. The Nasdaq was down almost 3%. It's a lot for the markets to process, especially because this data is the latest in a run of bad data. Last month's CPI, well, to be honest, that wasn't great either. Our Squawk Box TV anchors Joe Kernan, Becky Quick and Andrew Ross Sorkin got into inflation's pull on the markets today. Here's Andrew.
1: Since the last CPI report came in hotter than expected a month ago, the S&P 500 is uh, now down 12%. It represents a $4.6 trillion that have been wiped out of market cap
2: um today's inflation report is also going to be of interest to anybody who bought any of those government-backed inflation bonds oh, right are i remember you were the
1: big big a fan uh, of these
2: yes the well, look i bonds people are excited about a two-year that's yielded four percent right. i bonds um we're going to be seeing the adjustment on this the september cpi figures those are the ones that are used to compute the i-bond rate for the six months that starts in november If it comes in as expected, the CPI, I-bonds will probably start paying about 6.4% beginning November 1st. Now, look at at the current rate, 9.6%. That was the huge, huge, unbelievable price you could get on this. But I'd argue 6.4% is still pretty incredible when you look at things like, you know, 4.4% on a two-year. You only have to hold this for a year. And then you can do whatever you want with these things. So 6.4% guaranteed in a government bond is pretty unbelievable. Savers loaded up on these I-bonds when the rate did go to that 9.62% back in May. We should point out that bonds that are bought from May through the end of October will still be earning the 9.62% for six months before they adjust to reflect the new inflation data. So you can still get 9.6%. Right,
1: so on a a sort dollars conflated basis, you're probably you're in the middle for for a year.
2: Well, you, it's, it's October. If you buy it right now, you can still get nine point six percent
1: for six months. For six months, and then the next six months you'll get the you'll six point four. Rate. So you get a. I'm but, saying uh, the blended rate the, gets you. Uh,
2: it's a it's, it's it a risk free and a investment. Percent, it's a U.S. government bond. There's not uh, leverage. it's not one of these LDI's. What's
1: the maximum amount? Ten
2: grand per social security number. But if you have a tax return, if you have if you've overpaid, you can use some of the refund to buy another five thousand dollars in paper versus the electronic. So, I
1: got some work to do at 9 a.m. when the show's over.
2: You can buy it got till to the end uh, of the month. And on and on I think I
1: tried and it was a little hard, right?
2: I, it, the, you, we have to go to treasurydirect.gov, which yeah, is a little I bit of a tricky website. And screwed but you, it up. you can you can set it up. And by the way, you can do that for every social security number in your family. Right. For so children. Kids, 10 grand.
1: Look, if every little bit you, uh, it's hard to think that there's actually going to be that that most people are going to earn I hate to say, call it a blended rate of what we'll call it 8% over the next 12 months, I know, right? So, and if there's just like a guaranteed thing for 10 grand, not, not a bad way to uh, make all the other numbers look marginally better I than I the mean, otherwise.
4: My, <laughs> every, nothing makes sense for me, uh, for, for how I think about things. I, I sweat out $5 bets. <laughs> if I'm gonna, if, I'm, if like, let's say, I, I mean, I'm watching and I'm, I might win $40 on five. When I don't, it ruins my day. I spend $200 at the supermarket and it ruins my day. I have Bitcoin at $62,000. <laughs> it's at 18000 I mean, if I was going to worry about something.
0: No, but it, it, and, uh, I look honestly, at my, for and, the kids, and, and, uh, stocks, I, did it, I bought them for my kids. I know it's good, it's but it. you
4: know what I'm saying. That, that That's $600 of interest in a year it's, that you're talking about.
2: It's incredible. Yeah.
4: It's it is if
2: for a kid who has no, a savings I, no, account that, that you're putting it the, for the, them and you're doing and we have the, these
4: college stuff. We got all that stuff. We, right. We're trying to take we advantage the five of it. To nine, but I'm saying it, it's, not gonna, it's not going it, to well, It's not going to solve my
2: problems. It's not going to solve your problems, but it right. is a great savings, totally a savings right. and investment for That's why you
4: highlight it. Uh, I understand that. Yeah. But, uh, He's a mega gazillionaire. It's not gonna. You're not doing anything at 9 a.m. You don't. know what's been interesting? Are you though? Me? It's
2: been using it as an example for my kids. If you right. save the money and you don't spend it, here's what you can get back. And and we have not had a savings account where they could do something like get, that Joe, in you their used entire
4: to lives. one I've only, only, only one of your Ferragamo yeah. shoes with no, the interest. No, no, first of all, I don't wear now, Ferragamo won't even shoes. You have two.
1: A dollar saved is a dollar made. <laughs> no, but That's but how I think real, about life.
2: Growing up, we all had savings made. accounts. I, am right. I right? Well, growing up, we all had savings account. You got 5%, right. 6 7%. And that was an exciting thing. And you learned to not spend. We have not had that in my children's entire lives. Uh, so that. this is like the the thing that you can learn to say, this is what happens when you save money instead of spending
0: it. I understand all that. It's, it's a good, all true. It's a good lesson. The minutes from the Fed's September meeting were released yesterday, and the headline there that policymakers have been surprised by persistently surging prices, even as they raise interest rates to cool off the economy. The central bank has raised benchmark rates three full percentage points since March. Let's get back to Becky.
2: Stop me if you've heard this before, that central bank officials expect higher interest rates to remain in place until prices come down. This has been the chatter. This has been what everybody knows, what everybody expects. And when we got that hotter than expected producer price index number yesterday, that made people that uh, think that this could be a longer haul than, than even before.
4: Just don't know, how do you know not that you're not going to overshoot?
2: On ri- raising rates? Yeah. How do you and know all that they know where is we are right now, how do
4: we know that this isn't going to work? And do we we really need another three-quarter? When do we ever need? But if we go another three-quarter, you may be.
2: But if you are looking at inflation that is so stubborn and so persistent, and and if you can can do it by continuing to keep your, look, it's two terrible choices. Do you kill the economy with higher interest rates, or do you let people's spending power get completely eaten away by inflation? We
4: talk about, Tina's dead. We talk about how attractive 4.3, 4.4 is on the, how do we know this isn't enough? Right now, how do we know this is not? don't
2: How do you ever know so, but anything? But then
4: you though. go further, you know you're well, going to
1: overshoot. You know enough? And I mean, it, you'd argue that some people, I mean, clearly people think it's not, I mean, the Fed thinks it's not enough because at it, they look. Old at numbers. numbers. Well, but they're numbers, also looking at some not, of the, you know, just even just look at just how tight the employment picture is, just straight up. Feeling whiny. Stop
4: raising. The you don't want 50. them to raise today? Go 50. No, I want them to go 50.
2: Next. I mean that that would be interesting. The problem is is that the market would react as if that's the pivot 98%. they've been waiting for. But that the, the, the look, they are trying to quell human behavior. And if 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 they go 50 basis points, the markets will have think they've broken them and it will be Blanky. off to the races again. I, this is this is what you watch with Bank of England right now. What's gonna happen, right? Is the Bank of England going to actually close the window and say no more guilt purchases, we're back to quantitative tightening. Or, you know, they've got their own treasury secretary, in effect, mm. who's arguing against the central banker there. It's
4: uh, You said 2020. Guess how old uh, Barbara Walters is. How old? 93. Good for her. Guess who doesn't look 80. Don't say who? me. 2 <laughs> Don't say who? Joy Behar.
2: Oh, she does not look 80.
4: Did you see the, the president and, and uh, first lady? It was like a, I hope, you know, on my birthday. Yeah. Not for nothing, but they did a long video that they played on on that show yesterday. I mean, they yeah, love her. I know you were they, if you, you watched it. Well, yeah. you know, it, that's what you do. After I've got DVD. I've got no. It's on. Uh, it's on Twitter, and it was the person who sent it to me wasn't actually saying this is awesome. I mean, it was like, can you? It, I think they use the word cringeworthy, but yeah, it's on. Uh, so check it out. It's like it's like a minute long. This. And they were really, really nice. Happy birthday. Yeah, not quite that. Dr. Biden didn't do that.
0: Cheese will be next. Up next on Squawk Pod, red hot inflation and aggressive Federal Reserve. It's the 2022 story the markets can't shake and we can't stop talking about. We're looking at the policies and the pain still to come with former Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan.
3: I think there are some things on the supply side you could do to try and mop up inflation take pressure off the Fed, and instead the Fed's gonna to have to do it all on their own. And as a result, yeah, I think we're gonna go into a recession.
0: We'll be right back. Welcome back to Squawk Pod from CNBC.
1: Up in Andrew. Q. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Andrew Ross, working along with Joe Kernan and Becky Quick.
2: This week, J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon warning that the United States is likely to tip into a recession in the next six to nine months. And now the latest warning from the IMF lowering its forecast for global growth, saying the worst is yet to come. For many people, 2023 will feel like a recession. In an interview on CNN, President Biden saying he does not anticipate a recession.
1: It hadn't happened yet. It hadn't, there there has, there is no, there's no guarantee that they're gonna be, I don't think there will be a recession. If it is, it'll be a very slight recession. That is, we'll move down slightly.
2: Joining us now is Paul Ryan. He is former Speaker of the House, of course. Today, he's a partner at Solomir Capital and Vice Chair at Tenio. And, uh, Paul, we can add to that, you're also an economics professor at Notre Dame University. So, uh, you are a perfect person to have on to talk about some of these issues right now. This back and forth about recession. Is it here? Is it coming? How deep is it going to be? What are your thoughts?
3: Nice to see you all, by the good way. To, yeah, um, I can't believe
4: yeah. it. Look at you. you. You haven't changed one bit. <laughs> well, thank you, Joe. I'd You're like welcome. to say the same about you. <laughs> <laughs> and I touched it. I'm, I'm just messing with. <laughs> you, how good do I? I mean, but, but you look great. Thank you. I, I touched your uh, bicep just by accident. It's something. Whoa. Wow. What?
2: When was this touching? You t- just
4: grabbed me as I walked out of the I thought it was a little weird for anything. I touched it. You are. You're. You're working out
1: no sometimes you ever just set somebody on the back or something and you go wow whoa, whoa. like they're all right they're, yeah they're okay some, as happened. opposed
4: to the other way where you go wow that I'm was so mushy yeah. so no. that has a
3: lot to do with the recession <laughs> that's on this coming so okay becky you to, let me let's let's go your question eyes okay. on me paul okay, okay. eyes on, eyes on <laughs> becky um <clears throat> i i am in the jamie diamond camp not the joe biden camp uh i think look the president's gonna have to happy talk the economy he's not gonna say we're going into recession. It's going to be awful. He's the president of the United States. He's not going to say that. I think Jamie Dimon is just being a truth teller, seeing things as he sees it. He sits on a mountain of data. So I think he has a pretty good sense of where things are going. The problem with, with the administration is they're, in my opinion, putting in place the exact wrong fiscal policy. Literally, they, they're doing the opposite of what they should be doing. They're, in terms of what? They're talking up tax increases. They tried to pass monumental tax increases, they're over regulating. They're stimulating inflation. They're pumping demand when they should be focusing on the supply side, and they're not doing that.
2: There's there's a lot more to talk about there, I and mean, the supply side is a very good point. Yeah. Um, their talk of raising taxes um, is the opposite of what we've seen from England right now, from from the UK. Their talk of cutting taxes and yeah. the markets hated that too. So is yeah, there any I mean, policy at this point?
3: without getting to the UK issue and Liz Truss's internal problems in her in her caucus. Um, I would say. The idea that we're gonna raise taxes on businesses is a really bad idea. If we wanna have fiscal policy help with the inflation problem and help prevent a recession, telling all the businesses in America your taxes are going up, don't take risks, don't take investments, is a bad idea. And that's exactly what the government's doing today. You have, within two to three years, massive expiring provisions. We call it Section 199A. All small businesses, businesses that are not C-Corps, The vast majority of businesses have a giant tax increase coming, and the administration is preparing for that to happen. Expensing is going to be expiring. That is the most important policy you can put in place, full expensing, to increase productivity, increase jobs, soak up excess demand, reduce inflation, take pressure off the Federal Reserve, and the administration is doing nothing about that. And I think there's some things they could do on labor force, frankly, on on welfare reform, to attach benefits to work for able-bodied people, and frankly, I'd love to do immigration reform. That's the one that's gotten away from us for years. But I think there are some things on the supply side you could do to try and mop up um, inflation, take pressure off the Fed, and instead the Fed's going to have to do it all on their own. And as a result, yeah,
4: I think we're going to so go into a recession. I just described a complete Republican plank for the November election in four weeks. Not one thing you just said. Well, I'm a Republican. I, what do I do you know? expect me but just... not one thing you just said has an ice cube's chance of happening in the current administration. So this is why we not need divided one thing. government. What you said we have, started by saying I don't say exact opposite because the opposite's enough, but uh, it is the opposite of the path we're pursuing right
3: precise, now. Precisely, okay, I agree. Precisely, we are pursuing an inflationary path right now, and so you can say all you want about the economy, but if you're hitting it with a bunch of demand stimulus, a bunch of extra inflationary spending, right. that even Jason Furman and Larry Summers says, slow down, this is too much, and then you're threatening the, the economy, the producers of the economy, the job creators of the economy. Right. With higher taxes, that makes them uncompetitive. How what
1: are they gonna the, do? They're gonna crouch into a fetal how much position. Do you that I think that spend? this is um, the central problem and challenge of the economy versus sort of an adjacent or marginal issue? In and the reason I ask is we were talking earlier about sort of how we look relative to the rest of the world, the steps that we took during the pandemic and afterwards, and a number of the, the economic policies we put in place. How much do you think mm-hmm. it was those fiscal policies? versus the monetary policy of how we've approached this that's led to where we are in our own challenges. Oh, yeah. And the natural experiment, which I think we're seeing play out around the world. Yeah, growth occurs on the
3: margin, so I think this does have an effect going forward for sure. But, yeah, I, first of all, we levitated the economy with our monetary policy. The Federal Reserve did a good job. They needed to do what they did. They needed to get, they needed to basically Even substitute during the, pan- pan- during the pandemic. pandemic. They yeah. needed the first CARES Act. That was important. You know, people couldn't work, so you had to supply some stimulus at the time but they then went too far and the Biden administration when they came in they had reconciliation they said let's let's get our own spending bill through take credit for the recovery that's going to happen and they stoked inflation although so, Paul,
2: I will say a lot of that started under president Trump just with the additional money i don't think right, either but, of those but candidates i think this last pull back on spending at that point or stop what the fed was doing
3: i think the first cares act was absolutely essential and necessary the fed with all the credit facilities they set up they had to do that so I think they all deserve credit for that. But I think they did you know, round two, round three, and then they went too far. And by the time the Biden guys came into the administration, you knew we were coming out of COVID. People were going back to work, yet they piled on more stimulus on top of it. But when President their own Trump economists were warning them those, against that.
2: President Trump had promised some of those same it, and, things. I feel it, like both parties Trump, are ruling him
4: yeah,
3: well, yeah, I'm
4: not going to defend it, right, Trump, he Trump economics. Be, he browbeat Jay Powell to state yeah, zero worse. Yeah, so a, one, one thing. He,
3: he was a populist on economics. But, my, but to, to your point, we did a better job than other people at getting out of the pandemic. We, we were, were relatively better off than everybody else. We don't have a war, you know, on mm-hmm. our borders, giving us an energy-induced recession. So we're in better shape than everybody else. We're the healthiest-looking horse in the right. glue but, factory but, today. Paul, but, we, we, you
4: for, know. for 20 years, 30 years, our GDP consistently is, is higher than the Eurozone because we aren't Europe. That's yeah, right. Thank we're we're faster-growing so, on. So we always economy. come out uh, more quickly, and we should expect to lead the globe out, out of...
3: Uh, but it's because we have innovation, we have small right. businesses, we have risk-taking But taking it's not because of the, the last two years'
4: policies that we're... we're We we should always do better. Did you see the tax receipts in this in 2000? Yes. I mean, it's unbelievable. But corporate receipts up 14 percent. Record tax receipts come out of things. And
1: I have not seen an inflation adjusted version, though, of what those receipts would look like of the uh, tax receipts. Right. Right.
4: That was before inflation
1: started
3: taking off. (laughs) So (laughs) but the point being, if we're going to hit the economy by taking away expensing, cranking up, taking away the 20 percent deduction when we did tax reform, we lowered the C-Corp rate to 21%. And then all those sub S corporations, sole proprietorships, LLCs, most businesses, we didn't want them to have much higher tax rates than their C-Corp competitors. So we did a commensurate drop in their rates with this 20% deduction. That goes away in two years. In two years? Okay. In two years. And so the best thing we could do is tell all of those businesses it won't go away. We're going to make it permanent. Know that you're not going to have a massive tax increase around the corner. So take those risks, take those bets, you know, buy that equipment, hire that person, make that expansion, and we'll give you expensing as well, which you currently have. By promising that that's gonna go away, you are putting a chilling effect on the thing that made us better than Europe, which is an entrepreneurial sector, small businesses, risk-taking, all those things.
2: But let, let me just ask. I mean, we are in this trouble because we have overspent. We have printed 100%. money. We have done this. We know that there's pain to come. Shouldn't that pain be, be shared, not just among consumers, but also businesses? Shouldn't we all be sharing the,
3: part of this burden that we have? We want know? higher productivity, more growth, more jobs, it's just, more you economic. Paul, so,
2: you know that is a tough message politically. There's demand
3: side and there's supply side. And, and what yeah. you're talking about yeah. is demand side. Yeah. And look.
2: Which, which is what the Fed is trying to do right now is tamp down demand. That's yeah. exactly
3: if, what they are trying to and do. And if we don't bring up supply, they're going to do more. And that means they're going to have higher interest rates. They're going to they're they're feel like they have the only hammer in town. They're going to be pounding the nail of recession, of, of, of inflation, when the supply side could do more. To help prevent that from having to be a an, deep an
4: asset, editor. you are an asset. Can you be a CNBC contributor? I mean, you've got <laughs> cre- credibility. You're a former speaker. Or are you taken? Are you? You're taken, aren't you? Are you something at Fox? I'm not taken. I don't. I don't. But are you something at Fox? Can you be? No, a I contributor? don't have a. No,
3: but I, I decided not to do TV for a couple of years because I just wanted to take time off. I wanted to. Well, here you I,
1: are. I, I had three kids
3: in so, high school. I wanted to enjoy my like life a and my worker. family.
4: Nice. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> nice. Like a gig. I, I,
1: you're like a gig worker. I don't know if you saw Biden's pol- new policy. You probably come under that. So I don't know with all your different gigs. Yeah. yeah I don't I think we gig-er. can hire you if you, you got to resign from that board. Man. Yeah. I'd have to talk
3: to
4: Notre Dame. You know, see if they let me. Let me How's things. everything at Notre? Dame? I, I, I mean, love we're, it. We're, I, lo- I love. I no, love teaching. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the the team. We just I think, think it's BYU. That, it was, did you I see know, the BYU but, game? But a couple of those games have been closer than, than they should. Yeah, I know. You got, you got I know. I think our that. quarterback Pine, who's, who was the second
3: string, who's now starting, um, really found his 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 footing. We're going to run out of time. But while he's here,
1: do, do you have a view about that Biden proposal on the gig economy? Uh, no, I don't. What the, I don't and why that not to yet?
3: employees? It, I like to read things before I make comments. You're so unique. believe it or not, I'm one of those guys. Take my word. I'm old school. Take my word for it. Take my word for
4: it. You're against it. Okay.
2: Paul, we've loved having you here.
0: Come back again soon.
4: really it, well, let's right. talk. Nice see Call me.
0: And that's Squawk Pod for today. On our rundown tomorrow, the CEO once called Mac the knife. John Mack was the leader at Morgan Stanley during the 2008 financial crisis. And now, in a special interview with Andrew Ross Sorkin, he's looking back on his life on Wall Street, including the 10 minutes he says was the most important of his career. He said,
3: tell Tim Geithner, I'm on the phone with the Japanese, he can get So that was it. And what did she tell him? (laughs) I hope she told him that, but I don't think she did.
0: Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. On TV, tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. To get the best of Squawk Box right into your ears, the smartest analysis, interviews you can't miss, follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And rate us or leave a review if you listen on Apple Podcasts. Okay, that's it. Thank you for listening. We'll meet you back here tomorrow.
4: We are clear. Thanks, guys.
0: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you